Well, hey, B, welcome to I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist, a podcast. A podcast. A podcast, yeah. Because I don't know if you've noticed that's actually what's on the stuff that we're selling on Redbubble to try and recoup mm. the costs of the of the podcast. But really, look, let's face it, it's not really about that. It's about just having a bit of fun and getting some T-shirts and stickers and mm. mugs and stuff. And I, li- I like our, our logo. It's very simple. Um, it stands out and uh, I would wear it. You can see that through our Facebook page. Um, get on there, click the link or just Google it. Yeah, and we came up with that together. That was actually a, a joint, a genuine joint effort, wasn't it? It was. It was uh, Creative Design Studio 101. Um, yeah, of, of which I am none of that, by the way. So, No, I, I like mucking around with graphics and stuff, and I'm not very good at it. But anyway, we, we enjoyed it. Um, again, lots of stuff happening on the Facebook page, lots of conversations over the last week, a lot of people talking about tongues. So and people talking about their experience of tongues. Um we encourage you to just get on, keep talking about any of the topics that are coming up. Get on our Twitter, retweet us, um, you know, have a conversation with us on there. Just talk, talk, talk and talk to each other. As we've said before, just because we don't engage in conversation on particular topics doesn't mean we agree or don't agree with it. It just means that we're not engaging on that because we're both pretty busy too. We've both got full-time jobs and families and Lots happening, and it's not all about us. Even though it's us talking here, it's about you guys all talking to each other and um, you know, having a look back on the past, contextualising it in the now and uh, what you've learned, I guess. Yeah, and then there's a bit of a community. That's what I like as well. You know, people are starting to, to, to get to know one another, and it's nice. It's nice. We did have uh, Anthony Vett Brown, who was our guest in episodes 11, 12, and 13, I think it was, Anthony messaged us and said, you guys have now got a ministry. Um, yes. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, that, that that didn't trigger me at all, Anthony. Thank you very much. <laughs> but no, I certainly, certainly know what you, you mean. There's, there's um, a bunch of people who are talking and a bunch of people who are part of an online community, which is a great thing. Yeah, which is very good. So, hey, episode 17. Yes. The flip side, last, last week we did tongues. This is the flip side of that prophecy it is prophecy and you know prophecy was um as i said in my conversion story prophecy was always something that um i looked at secular prophets um a lot growing up and i was always fascinated by it by it the ability for someone to see into the uh, the other world and be able to predict things and be able to um i guess create that mystery it was always something i found really interesting so coming into the christian world and being told you too can do this i was like wow i can do this this is actually part of the christian journey pretty cool yeah yeah i thought so too i remember um pastor h the the senior pastor of great big aog um Mm. he was part of the state executive he's part of the national executive he was a big deal um and i so anything he said we paid attention. And he was talking once about how the prophets spoke in two ways. He said the prophets spoke with foretelling, that is telling the future and what was going to happen. But then he said they also spoke with forth telling. Um, and I have no idea what that means. No. <laughs> Even it's, to it's, this day. I think it's just before fifth telling. Oh, I think so. And just after third telling as well. Mm. Um, and if I have to tell you again, that'll be the last time. <laughs> okay. I, I think he meant that... 
it was, you know, speaking on behalf of God, you know, okay. speaking um, from God rather than, you know, just telling the future. Um, and and let's face it, that's that's what happens a lot in prophecy in the Bible anyway. It's not always, you know, talking about end times or talking about the destruction of the Jewish temple or the, you know, the nation state or anything like that. Sometimes it's just this is what God wants from you. This is what he wants yeah. you to do. Um, so prophecy was like that as well. Let's face it, it wasn't just telling us, you know, what was going to happen in the future, but the future was a big part of it. It was a big part. And, you know, I'm sure that you have examples as do I of people who would seek out prophecy because they want to be guided. They want to know that they're heading in the right direction. And one that certainly comes to mind for me is somebody that got a, a prophecy not long after they became a Christian that said essentially, all the things that they really wanted. Like at this time, they were maybe, I don't know, maybe early 20s, 22, 23, and it was very much you're going to have a wife, you're going to have a beautiful um, big house by the beach. This person was a surfer. Um, you're going to have a beautiful family, blah, blah, blah. They hung their hat on it, but it, it also seemed to grow this prophecy. Um, they started to interpret it that essentially they would have lots of money they would have this and that and that and they used it i think as a um, an excuse sometimes to seek something greater seek something better and they now are maybe 40 years on and haven't landed any of that and are quite lonely um, they're in that space where they are heading towards the the latter part of their life completely alone because they actually hung their hat on this um, created a new story for their life that wasn't necessarily true uh, and missed out on all the good things around them a couple, a couple of things stand out to me about that. First of all, mm. it sounds very word of faith, blab it and grab it kind of thing. Like it was all very material possessions kind of stuff. Um, yep. It was all very much in, in that. But the second thing is it sounds like this person didn't do anything to try to achieve any of those things. They just expected God was just going to deliver because it was a prophecy. 100%. That's exactly what happened. And the, the interesting thing is um, – this person is of very low motivation, um, so I think it suited them to sit back and and just expect it to come. But others that I spoke to over the years around who were there that day that apparently this prophecy was passed said that's not what was said at all. Um, it, how it was interpreted that way, people didn't quite understand. I can't remember exactly what they said it was, but it was very much just a word of encouragement they they framed as, which was, you know, good things are going to come to you. And they interpreted it as those good things that they actually wanted to come to them. So it was, mm, it's, mm. it's quite sad when I look back at it. So, so you think it was maybe one of those more sort of general prophecies you know there's ones that are a bit like um a star sign in the newspaper you know god's going to do this god's going to do that and then this person actually gave it legs or fleshed it out and said made it more specific than it actually was i think so and over the years too they kept seeking out they would go to uh different evangelists or meetings that would happen and where somebody had this gift of prophecy and they would seek out they would go up the front for prayer at the end of a service to try and uh, get further guidance on it and some of that i think was to try and for them it was just to cement the fact they were on the right path regardless of the fact that anybody could see that they were on the wrong path and they were doing nothing to actually contribute to this vision this prophecy mm, that's interesting but you know I, I i can totally relate 
on a lot of levels to that story though um in my own experience because i used to love getting prophecies mm-hmm. you know whether it was a a word of wisdom word of knowledge word of whatever the other words are um i used to love them and yep. it, it was it was one thing to get a word from your mate or yep. from someone you know your peer in the church but it was another to get it from the visiting minister or the pastor or whatever when they would actually start to prophesy over you it was Wow, you know, because it was like God is speaking directly to you. Yeah, that's right. And and, and I remember many times when people would um, bring a word to me or whether it was a prophecy or not, and it was, you know, God is going to do great things in your life. God is going to use you in X, Y, and Z way. And if somebody was sitting next to me and just said, mate, I think you're doing a cracking job at at, at life, things are are going well for you, you'd go, oh, thanks, that's lovely. But when you frame it and say, hey, this is a message from God, exactly the same thing, but it's from God, of course, it it holds that um, that greater importance. Mm, Well, that that speaks to the culture of the AOG and, and, you know, Pentecostalism. And look, not just in Australia, but globally, I think at the time, was it was all about God's going to use you. God's yep. going to make you into this and God's going to use you and you're going to do big things for God. Remember that? That was the thing that was said all the time. God, you know, you're going to do big things for God. Whereas in, in the Revival Centre, we didn't have personal prophecy. They didn't believe in it. Okay. Um, it was all, you know, tongues, interpretation, and then prophecy, which was just in the service. Someone could shout out, you know, yeah. oh, you know, and it was always in Elizabethan English. Verily, <laughs> verily, I say unto you this day, the Lord doth, you know, it was like that. Um, yep. which we had a bit of that in Great Big AOG as well, but not as much. But, no. you know, there was there was a bit of it, but it was more this personal prophecy where people would come up to you um, either in the prayer line or maybe they'd be praying for you at home and come and see you at the service or whatever um, and say, hey, God gave me a word for you. Yep. Yeah. How often was that used? God gave me a word for you oh, all the time. Every fucking week. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and and I think sometimes you think sometimes it was used as a mechanism of control when sometimes you would get it from others. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. How dare? How very dare you? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. No. Totally. And and I'm going to confess that I I used it for evil, not always for good. Um. So there was a a couple who were um friends of mine. Well, actually, the guy was more my friend and the girl, um, and I wasn't a big fan of her. Um, she didn't do anything. It was just, you know, we were young and, you know, you sometimes don't like people. And yeah. she's a wonderful person. I wanted to stress that because I know that she may be listening to this um, and yeah. she was a wonderful person, right? But um, I, I wasn't keen on my mate marrying her. Yeah. And I really thought, right, he was making a, a, a bad call marrying yeah. this girl. It was all too quick. He was just running right into it, you know. Um, and so... I started to, uh, you know, I don't think it was quite as clear as saying I made a conscious decision to give them a word. I was believing that the marriage was wrong. Mm. Um, and then one day I went up to him and I said, mm. hey, I think I've got a word for you. Mm. And he's like, okay. And I said, I think that you're making a mistake. I didn't say I think. No, God I said, I've got a word for you. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's make that clear. And I said to him, you're making a mistake marrying this girl Mm. that if you do god will bless you it'll be okay but you'll miss out on the real call of god in your life if you marry this girl um and they were at bible college with me at the Mm. time he went back and told her as you can imagine she wasn't happy i don't know why 
Yeah, and and I think they literally got in the car and left Bible College early, went back to Great Big AOG and reported me for Mm. having given this word. Um, Because if you think about it, from their perspective, what if it was God? Yep. That's going to throw all their marriage plans and their love for each other and, you know, that you know they were they were beside themselves especially her so were you charged with spiritual misconduct well yes and no Mm. so there was one pastor in particular um let's call him pastor jay Mm. who he was happy as a pig in shit yeah when he found out that this is what had happened because he was i don't know if you remember pastor jay used to give words all the time all the time all the time and um he actually I remember him looking at me and smiling with this smarmy smile and said, what have you done now? You know, mm. um, and I was like, oh, what? And then but the other pastor, Pastor B, he yeah. actually called me in and said, do you really believe it was God? Yeah. And I was like, well, I think so. And he said, well, let's face it. If you throw a stone into a herd of pigs, the one that squeals is the one you've hit. Mm. And so privately, he said to me, maybe you're right, and yeah, maybe okay. that's why they're so upset. And I kind of got away with it. Mm. But years later, looking back, shameful, really wrong, because I, I just don't think it was – I don't think it was God, but more than that, it wasn't my place to be giving people prophecies about their marriage. Well, and, you know, 30 years on, roundabout, they're still married. Exactly right. And, and, and my – Christian marriage didn't last. No. You know, but I, to, to be fair, I had a lot of people giving me words about that one. <laughs> I should have listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, but that's just a prime example of, of using it to manipulate. I had a desire. I had what I wanted. Um, I, I had convinced myself that it was God and yeah, made a mess of someone's day. Yeah. And look, I don't think I ever used it to purposely manipulate from memory, but I certainly remember this one time we were on a camp, the old Christian camp again, where we were, you know, talking about using the gifts of the spirit. And it was this one night we had someone speak on prophecy and it was, it was told to us at the end, now go and practice it. Just go up, deliver a prophecy to someone. How incredibly irresponsible that was. A bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds, hey, go and speak into someone's life and tell them it's God. Um, Put a lot of pressure. And I was a leader at this time, you know, I think it was just before I was going to Bible college. So definitely had aspirations. And I remember going up to this one guy and giving him a word, giving him a prophecy. And it was incredi- incredibly general, but it was also based on stuff I knew about him. It was also based on the fact that, you know, it was some basic psychology. Um, this person had, you could see, a bit of uh, social awkwardness, a bit of difficult relating to people. So, I was, you know, I used that in ways of going, hey, you know, God sees that sometimes it's really difficult for you to um, engage with people because of X and Y and Z. He wants to tell you to just be bold go out, have, um, you know, rest in him, all this sort of stuff. I can't remember the exact words. Yeah, well, I, I, I know the guy you're talking about because he was so socially awkward, he was basically inside out. So yes. giving giving that word was like saying, you know, the Lord would say the sky is blue. The sky is blue. And you're right, you know, it, it was that. It was that generalised stuff, but I felt such a pressure to do it. Um, and it, it was never a gift that I thought I had or wanted or... Um, but there was a lot of pressure. Just go and do it. 
just go and give it a crack. What could go wrong? You could just speak into someone's life and completely fuck it up if they hung their hat on it. And like this person I spoke spoke about before, it was just incredibly irresponsible. But, you know, it happens outside of Christianity, right? I mean, uh, certainly the, you know, the, the Baptists and Church of Christ and people would say, no, nah, it's not something we do. But outside of Pentecostalism, there is, you know, similar kind of thing, right? It's it's fortune tellers and people doing cold readings and hearing from the dead and, you know, speaking to you. And, and there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot written on it being actually a skill of, of cold reading, you know, reading people, watching their responses, um, you know, continuing to speak, start to go down a wrong track. You can see it in their face. So you turn back and change the story and, and on you go. And, and very much like the um, astrology stuff we see in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people have made careers out of that, you know, Jonathan Edwards crossing over. Um, you know, a lot of people swear by the fact that um, he can actually speak to your dead relatives or friends and pass on messages. Maybe he can. I really don't know. But yeah, I think it is that generalised stuff and definitely a little bit uh, a little bit dodgy in some ways, but uh, it's not something that I believe is, is real. Um, personally, but I think a lot of people do hang their hat on it and, and wait for his words. Yeah, well, that's what I meant about, you know, being really hungry for it as a as a, as a a young Christian, you know, being able to hear that God was actually speaking to you. But you're right, it was always very general. You know, God's going to use you for, you know, big things and God's going to do this. And, you know, it was, it was never, you know, on Thursday, the 15th of April, 1994, you're going to stub your toe. It was never yeah. that. No, I remember... Uh, several of my siblings used to regularly visit. I, I, I've spoke before that we used to have the old family seances, but um, they used to uh, quite often visit um, local fortune tellers or witches or whatever you want to call them uh, to go there to to hear about their future. And I remember once one of them coming home saying, oh, my God, they've told me that mum and dad are going to get divorced. And I, at the time, I was only eight or nine or ten. I was quite young. And I remember being incredibly distressed by it because I saw that stuff was quite real back then. Bit of a spoiler, mum and dad were married 57 years before dad passed, so they didn't they didn't break up. Um, it didn't come true. But we definitely hung our hat on that, um, the authority, I guess, that these people had in being able to tell the future. Mm. I, I can remember there was a meeting, a youth meeting once, and there was a girl who um, was sort of sliding away a little bit from church, right? And she was she she stopped attending and was coming sometimes. And um and Pastor Jay, one of the youth pastors, got up and actually spoke into her life. Yeah, you know, and says you're you're drifting and you're this and you're that, and just really gave, laid it out, you know. And she was in tears. And then later, I went to her and said you know, I told him all that, right? I, I, mm. I'd, I'd gone and seen him earlier in the week and said I was worried about you. She got so upset and so incensed, she walked out and never came back. Wow. It's it's pretty full on. I think stuff, stuff like that happened quite often. Um, it, was, it was a bit frightening. But one, one lighter-hearted thing that did happen, and you reminded me of this because I had completely forgotten, as I'm sure that I've forgotten many, many different things. But... Um, there was one person in a prayer meeting um, 
where they had been spoken, they were getting words spoken to them, and this one person was prophesying over them, saying, you know, God's given you a trumpet, sound your trumpet, sound your trumpet. And, um, you know, it got a bit awkward in this meeting, and all of a sudden the person literally put their hands up to their mouth and went, (laughs) they literally sounded their little fake trumpet. Sounded their trumpet. They didn't realise it was a metaphor. Yeah. They did not. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, good on them. Lucky it wasn't a kazoo because they can be a little bit annoying. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you another one like I did with the tongue story, right? This is one that I can't, I can't explain. Yeah. So there was this young guy in the in the youth group um, who was sort of on the fringe. And I, um, you know, you were talking about just, you know, practicing prophecy, right? So I, I was trying to practice prophecy one day. So I sat there with him. We were praying. Um, there was a group of us and I laid hands on him and I just started prophesying. And I just wanted to say stuff that was really positive. And I was basically imitating everything that I'd heard other people say. Right. So I was saying things like, you know, you're going to, you know, lead many to the Lord and God's going to use you for big things. And just and I went on for quite a long time. And as I was going, kid you not, all of a sudden I stopped and it was as if something took over and out of my mouth came these words. This shall not come to pass. And I just froze. And everybody looked at me. I didn't know what to say. (laughs) And it was as if. I was bullshitting, and then something stepped in and went, actually, none of that's real. <laughs> Boom. And, I, again, I can't explain that to this day. You called yourself out. I, well, a, a part of my subconscious said, actually, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But there you go. True story. Do you remember a great big AOG? Um, there's, there was a bit of a fringe group and certainly a group that you – related to and you started a bit of a, a prayer group do you remember that one with the with that fringe group and i don't know if you remember it but it was you know it was oh, there, was a, there was a there was a lot of fringe groups and a lot of prayer groups so go on and i'll, yeah, I'll see, i do remember I'll see and, to me. and i remember you had i wasn't there you were relaying this story to me at that time um and this person was in the corner and you opened your eyes and they were dancing and moving and not saying anything um but a lot of lot of movement and you went over to them after a few minutes and said are you okay what are you doing they said hey i'm experimenting with prayer and um you know yes 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 that that wasn't fringe that wasn't fringe that was like that was mainstream you know i mean his his his, i was experimenting (laughs) with prayer (laughs) was not mainstream but yeah i think that that's the kind of shit that happened all the time man yeah, it it did, but it was it was a bit weird. It was like experimenting with prayers, like experimenting with prophecy, um, but slightly less dangerous. So you know, it is a bit of a weird time. The whole prophesying thing—it's it's it's a bit strange. I um, to this day, I'm not convinced of many things I'd seen or heard, and I don't recall any that I remember hanging my hat on for my own life, um, and certainly none that have come to pass to date. So that generalised stuff, all of that can come to pass. I had one once that was, um, you know, God's going to make you a man after God's own heart. Oh, yeah. And that one, that one stuck with me for a long time because that sounded like a nice thing to happen. Yeah, you know? okay. And and I, I used to often revisit that one that God was going to make. It wasn't about God's going to make you do great things or He's going to use you and you know you're going to save millions and none of that. It was just mm. you're going to be a better person. And and I, I kind of like that one. 
I thought that was good. And sometimes they would be encouraging. Sometimes yeah. they were kind of nice and people would say encouraging, you know, we, we call them a word of encouragement, brother, which is not yeah. one of the words, but but uh, not one of the biblical words. But yeah, I, I actually, I, I like those men. And 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 I kind of look at it now and, and I can remember one of the other podcasts that I was listening to, again, it was the liturgists when they did one on, on prophecy and, and again, worth, worth investigating that, that podcast series, but they were talking about, is it possible that some people do tap into something, yeah. you know, like that there's, you know, something that we can't explain. It doesn't have to be spiritual. Mm. Um, but you know, like when the phone rings and you know who it is yeah. and you pick up the phone and it's them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, how do you know that stuff? Or, you know, you know that I've had a mystical experience in my life, which sort of mm-hmm. put a, an end to my atheism. I'm not going to go into details, but yeah. I had a mystical experience where I knew stuff that I couldn't possibly know. Yeah. And yeah. and can't explain it to this day, you know. And it it doesn't mean Christianity is true. It doesn't mean that there's ghosts and goblins. I'm not. I'm not. But it doesn't mean it's not either. But definitely, there's. I don't know, man. There's there's something sometimes that I feel I can tap into, and and know stuff. And now you you can mock me, but seriously, man. I, and I don't think it's necessarily just the domain of Christians. I think other people get this as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, I'm not going to mock you because you know I've had similar sort of mystical experiences, and I've had some things that are quite unexplainable happen in my life. So I um I'm very comfortable with that in not knowing and never knowing what uh, they will be quite potentially. But, you know, some of those, I I think you're right, some of those words of encouragement, those type of prophecies were good and they were a safer place and they were an encouraging space. And if they built people up without being damaging, then I think that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, we, we, I think we should do that as fellow humans, build each other up anyway. But when you start badging it as God is telling me, this and this is how i can control you that's where it becomes dangerous and not a um a helpful space to move in yeah yeah i, I think if you know the 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 chinese have this thing about chairman mao they say he was 70 percent right 30 percent wrong i think yeah. in this in this domain out you know both in church and outside of church i think it's like you know three percent true and 97 percent shit yeah. you know but that that's just how i feel you know i, I think that there is something you know probably going to alienate half the audience by saying this but i do that's that's where i that's where i live yeah and look a lot of people will chase that three percent a lot of people will chase it if it's a fraction of a percent um you know just on the off chance that they might hit some gold that's that's what we do i think it's part of human nature as well yeah that's right we're meaning makers aren't we it, it, yeah. it could all be it could all be subconscious it could all be unconscious it could all just be bullshit i, I get that and so please don't listen to this and go oh i'm not listening to the i was a teenage fundamentalist anymore because they're you know super spiros as we used to say back in the day um <laughs> remember that super spiros um <laughs> i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying there's things that are, sometimes happen that you just can't explain and i don't know what to do with them yeah yeah and we don't have to you know i've got, I've got friends that are hardcore science heads and everything has to be explained away by science otherwise it's not true and i think it's it's just as dangerous to be on that side because not everything is explainable and there's too many things that we don't know and i think it's a bit of it can be a bit of arrogance on our behalf to think that we can explain everything it just i don't think life that works that way 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think there's a there's a place for science and it's extremely important. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have podcasts and, you know, and iPhones and medicine and all that kind of stuff, 100%. But I think there's, you know, and this is coming back to that, you know, that small percentage of experiences and things that happen that you just go, can't explain that. And yet, yep. yet it happened. And, and, and you can't measure it because it's experience, right? It's yeah. experience, it's gone. But, but it's still true, still really happened. It is, and your truth might not be my truth, and that's okay. Let's be okay with that. Yeah, that sounds like a song. Your truth may not be my truth. His truth is not her truth. It's like a postmodern anthem. I, I like it. I mean, it's a little bit naff, but I like it. I, I think also we've got, what, two more episodes before our last episode. Um, so it's probably good to give people a heads up that what we want to do in episode 20 is have a bit of a Q&A. We've had a few people that have contacted us and and uh, asked questions. We also had somebody put on a Facebook group, would we like to do like a live stream and have questions? Just what we're going to do is get you to start popping questions up. We might put like a notice board up on the Facebook page or whatever that people can populate with some of the questions they want us to to speak to. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a retrospective time as well and look back on on the season as it was, but also, you know, any of those things that you want to ask us, we're going to be uh, more than happy to answer, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll start a thread is what we'll do in the in the chat, in the group, and you can just pop your questions in or you can send them to us um, yep. and let us know whether you want us to say your name, you know, mm. like, you know, Fred from Fred from Drysdale, you know, whatever, um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll read the question out, and I think that will be good. I, I think it's interesting too. I don't know if you've gone back and had to listen to our first few episodes where we've got dogs running around and oh, yes, shit quality microphones and stuff. I think we've come a long way in these in these almost 20 episodes. Yeah, it's um it's certainly been a, a learning curve. And I think as we listen to other podcasts too, um, get some tips and tricks on how to tighten it up a bit. And I think it's uh, we've got a relatively unique flavour, which I'm enjoying, um, comfortable with where we're heading with it. Um, we'll see what happens in season two but we've still got three more episodes before that happens yeah cool all right mate well that was brilliant i'll see you next week eh? sounds good see you then